Hey everybody, just wanted to let you know that the following podcast is intended for adults only. Hello podcast world, we want to thank you for tuning in to Cages, Stages, Pages, and Rages. Welcome back to CSPR. This is episode one. I'm Adam. I'm Dan. And we're us. us. Gosh, that is terrible. We're not going to do that every time. Probably will because I don't feel like coming up with anything else. But it's uh, us, you yeah. guys. If you say we're not going to do it, but you actually mean we're going to do it, then yeah, we're going to do it all of the times. Dan, it is Wednesday. So glad to see you. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Just, uh, you know, hustling, breaking necks, cashing checks, um, very small checks, like $4 checks. Um, but I work in a very specific business. <laughs> Are they big necks though? That's what I want to know. Um, no, little tiny baby necks. Only baby necks do I snap. They're the only, they're easier. <gasps> so that's our show, folks. All right, bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We've been uh, canceled. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, uh, things have been good, man. I've been running every morning, and mm-hmm. I have this app that tracks it. Um, so I'm trying to improve on, like, my times and distance and stuff like that. Started off at, like, one mile a day. Took me about 15 minutes. Ugh, what a terrible mile time. You would have failed gym with that mile time, right? (laughs) After a little effort and perseverance, uh, I'm up to about two miles in under 20 minutes. And then I do like an additional like 15 minute half jog, half assed walk, mostly walking. Um, And it's just, it's changed a lot of my day to day. Just you know, and you do the research on something like this, if you, the first, listen, the first thing you do in the morning, if it is intense exercise, and I mean intense, like you have to sweat, by the end, my shirt is drenched, and I just have a stamina that lasts throughout the day, and Adam, I know you work out too, man, so don't be making faces at me, I know y'all can't see the faces, but uh, I'm getting some very sarcastic eye rolls right now. Yeah, already blood's a boiling because a oh. simple I'm fine would have sufficed. Didn't ask for your fucking life story about your workout routine, but that's okay. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, overall, I've been good. I've been plugging away, getting a lot of work done. How are you? Don't care, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Waited too long. Long of a pause. Give me my last five seconds back. <laughs> I was just messing with you, man. No, that's, that's, so that is nice to hear. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been weird for, for those of you that actually are intrigued by physical fitness, but also participate. Um, as Dan mentioned, he's been doing kind of the routine that maybe hasn't been so impacted by COVID-19. Um, Dan and I actually, we both have memberships at the same gym, not going to mention it, but we go to the same gym and, uh, recently thanks to COVID they opened back up. So I got back in my routine. I was going every day. Uh, as of yesterday, here where I live, not going to also say where that is, but you could probably narrow it down once you hear this. We went back to phase one, which is basically everything shuts back down. So I just got back into my routine, finally seeing the results. I was trying to lose that COVID-15, and now the gym's closed again. So, oh, so they actually closed the gym because when we talked a couple of days ago, you said, well, still going to the gym, but they just recently started requiring to 
wear your mask your entire workout, which seems absurd. Yeah, that was baby I'm not back training bullshit. for the Olympics over here. <laughs> oh, also, that's another boiling point. Blood's a boiling. My favorite thing is when you're on the treadmill and you're running and you can't breathe, not because the strenuous workout you're doing, but because you are now choking on your fucking mask that you have to wear. <laughs> Blood's a boiling. Steam breath. Jeez. Real steamy. From the boiling blood. <laughs> it's probably one of my new favorite things. I love going to the gym, or at least I did love going to the gym before fucking COVID-19 closed it. Thanks. Um, but I love seeing these meatheads. They're ripped, right? They're wearing their Hulk Hogan muscle t-shirt. That's a reference back to before I was born. Cool. And they're like working out, but then they have a mask on. For some reason, like if you and me wear a mask, we're trying to be safe. But watching a meathead with a mask on... Instantly, fuck that guy. That's hilarious. <laughs> Sidebar, Hulk Hogan, a thousand years old, still super ripped, dude. He's and severely yes. racist, by the way. Still oh. racist, still ripped. Ooh. What? He's racist. But is that a legit thing? Yeah, there's a legit sex tape where he uses the N-word a billion times. That's not very good. Ooh. He's had a... Wait... Are you being serious? No, I'm, he, I'm agreeing with the fact that I don't like racism, especially when it comes from one of my heroes. Hulk no, <laughs> I get that. But I mean, like, do you really not know about the racism? Like, dude, I do not been... know. I don't watch Hulk Hogan sex tapes, bro. Okay. I have a very, you know, limited spectrum range of freakiness and that is not inside the realm. Okay. I also don't watch Hulk Hogan sex tapes, but okay. I'm a, okay. Yeah, sure. I'm a human that watches the news. And I don't know if you remember this, but in the two thousands, he was on trial and made world news for like six years. You don't remember right. any of that. So you're like making it sound like the OJ trial. No, no, maybe. I don't know. Already can't wait for this podcast to be over and you've been instantly replaced. I would rather do a podcast with racist Hulk Hogan than you at this Oh my at this goodness. Point. Anyway, speaking of that, you know that fucking Thor, beefy, dreamy Chris Hemsworth is going to play Hulk Hogan in the upcoming Netflix biopic about Hulk Hogan? Oh no. That's interesting. <laughs> well, what's what's weird is... Why? And I, <laughs> Why? I know. Well, dude, like... Obviously, he has the acting chops. He's got the right hair color. He has the muscles. But what I love is when they cast an extremely handsome dude to play a dude that looks a little fucking ugly. <laughs> a little bit like some kid's nightmare monster, like something out of Monsters, Inc. with his mustache and <laughs> long hair, but balding top. <laughs> Get out of here, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> wow. Uh, that was longest opening ever. Probably going to cut out most of that. Anyway... So, as usual, as the huge, uh, we are called CSPR. If you don't know what that means, listen to the intro. If you don't know who we are, then listen to episode zero. If you don't know why the fuck you're listening to us, I can't tell you why, but please keep listening. <laughs> if you want, I totally would not hold it against you if you stopped or have already stopped. And now I'm talking to myself and Adam. Yeah, I also, I don't even listen to Dan when he's talking. <laughs> Um, here's what we're going to do though. Originally, which actually, Dan, if you listen back to episode zero, there's so many things that we said we're going to talk about next time. And then guess what? Next time happens, which is right now and half the shit I'm not going to talk about. So we're going to do a whole bunch of revising. I'll let you know that 
I anticipated maybe mentioning UFC. There was a huge event that happened, Dan, which is UFC at 251. So there's a huge cages segment coming up. But because of that, I feel like from me, my section of the pages segment will be a little short. So Dan's going to also talk about a little bit of Rick and Morty. Heck yeah. folks in this section we talk about pages which is all things comic books but also all things streaming basically any sort of entertainment that you can consume that's based off of a book a comic book or someone's general idea so uh as i mentioned last week big news in the batman world batman is my guy he is my hero till i die as you know we love rhyming on this podcast um no, I'm just going to do the undertone music. Keep going. All right. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate you so much. But you love Batman. I do love Batman. Speaking of Batman, uh, Michael Keaton, my favorite Batman of all Batmen, signed a contract in which he is returning to the DC movie universe. He's going to be in the upcoming Flash movie that is based on a comic book run called Flashpoint. Next time, I do want to get into the new Batman, like Robert Battenson. Maybe we could talk about Batfleck. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> then dude. we could also talk about Chris Chris Bat Bale Chris Batman nope, Bale Christian. One, no. Yeah. And M- Michael Bat Batten Bat Bat Cole Keaton. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 I think Christian Bale is my favorite. But then again, to be fair, and this is not to start a debate, um, I need to go back and watch the Keaton movies because it has been a while well over a decade yeah well so i think it really is purely based on just my nostalgia nostalgia which is like nostalgia hang on but with a mustache right nostalgia now we got to keep it in i was gonna (laughs) say it but now we got to keep it in i think it's based on my nostalgia because (laughs) if i watch the tim burton michael keaton batman movies now i don't know if he'd be my fave i just know that when i was a kid that's all i can remember of batman was seeing Michael Keaton. So, Dan, you kind of already brought up who your Batman is. My personal Batman is Michael Keaton, but also huge love for all of the other Batmen. I'm asking you, the listener, who is your Batman? You should let us know at the CSPR email, which is CSPRpodcast at gmail.com. And if your favorite is Ben Affleck, you can go fuck yourself. (laughs) Not a big fan of Batfleck, huh? I just, I mean, whatever, man. I got a lot of respect for Affleck uh, as a writer and a director. Can't, I don't like watching him act. I just don't. And anything, to be fair. Um, You know, leave that work uh, to Matt Damon because he's shit. Wow, bringing back the 90s references, the Matt Damon, Ben Affleck jokes. Cool, save those for your grandpa. Okay, Um, but... Which also a huge shout out to your grandpa, by the way. But what I I wanted to say, too, was that he's probably the most, like, if you look at comics, he looks like Batman. Yes, he does have the jawline. But also, I would argue that Batman fight scene that's in Batman versus Superman where he's in the warehouse, that maybe he's, he's not even close to the best Batman, but that fight scene is my favorite Batman fight scene of all time. 
Yeah, and I'll give you that, but only redeeming scene in that entire movie. I hated that movie. It sucked. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. It was not bad compared to Justice League. Justice yeah, that League. one's a big old piece of shit. That one is <laughs> hot garbage, dude. So bad. You know, it's funny. I also saw Batman versus Superman and I was like, dude, this movie isn't what I want it to be. Then I saw Justice League and I was like, thank God for Batman versus Superman. I fucking love that movie now. Seriously. <laughs> no, no. Yes. Point made. <clears throat> Dan, that's a great segue because before I get into the upcoming a Comic-Con at home, speaking Ooh. of Justice League, People, which I don't know how much you've heard about this, but in the geekdom world, what they called for for so many years was the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. Snyder cut. They actually paid for billboards that were put up in Los Angeles, California, all these things, right? It was one of those things where the fans voiced their opinions and it worked because coming to HBO Max is the official Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League, which apparently is supposed to be way better than the piece of shit that we watched. It's also supposed to be so much better that the fans not only got Zack Snyder to release it, but the studios are so much behind it, he's actually bringing the actors, including Ben Affleck, he's bringing them back for reshoots. No shit. That is huge. That's not an easy feat. (laughs) Jesus, that was, was too long ago. They've all aged. I know. Well, dude, especially Affleck, right? Like you look at Wonder Woman, she's fine. You look at fucking Jason Momoa, he's still a beefcake. You look at Ben Affleck, he's like, okay, cool. I guess I have to do steroids and lose a bunch of weight and dye my hair now because that movie was two or three years ago, but I look like a 95-year-old man. Yeah, he, the upkeep. I mean, he's got so much money. I'm hey, sure ben. there's a magic pill. But then you know what Zack Snyder did? He said, actually, Ben, that's okay. I'm just going to call Matt Damon. Ooh, burn! They're friends, so... Once again, shout out to Dan's grandpa. That's for you. Okay, so, last but not least, usually right around this time, for all geeks, this is a huge, huge week, because this is the week just prior to San Diego Comic-Con. Thanks, COVID. Nobody can go. Now, is that fucking Alexa again? (laughs) She's reminding me it's lunchtime and that I should drink water. Okay, fuck you, Alexa. Yeah, yeah, Dan, can you put her back in her place like you did last time? I gotta, maybe I should just unplug her for now. You know, be a good girl while while I'm gone. Uh, Okay, unplugged. We're brought to you by not Amazon. Okay, um, okay. San Diego Comic-Con, but thanks to COVID, it's not happening in person. But Dan, don't you worry. All my geeks out there, if you go to the comiccon.org toucan blog or you can just go to the youtube channel that is called the comic-con international channel they're doing comic-con at home now the listeners can't see this but dan you see this pamphlet that i printed out with Mm -hmm. all these times it's about i don't know fifteen thousand pages i actually printed this out because it's the official schedule for all of the panels they will be holding for san diego comic-con at home it is Thursday through Sunday, that is July 22nd through the 26th, I will be actually giving you the recap of all those things after I attend them next time. But I just want to let you know, even though we can't go to San Diego Comic-Con, all the folks of Comic-Con are bringing the con to us. Virtually. That's better than nothing, I guess. It is. I was hoping to be able to see some people, maybe do some cosplay, you know, get to run into some famous people and maybe rub some shoulders with some of my heroes. But 
At least we'll get to watch it from the comfort of our own smelly-ass homes. All right, Dan, that's it for me, but you have some delightful Rick and Morty stuff to talk about, so I'll give you the floor, man. And away we go! As I left off um, on episode zero, kind of just talking about my thoughts and feelings on how season four came out, uh, the time it took to come out, the actual content, once I was able to watch it twice now and review, um, super good. Obviously, the show still holds up super strong. Uh, I mentioned that Adult Swim confirmed a renewal and there's going to be 70 more episodes, which means we got plenty of seasons to come. Now, that being said, the hot button question is when will we see season five? How long are we going to have to wait? Waiting for season four took literally forever. Now, in an article that I found um, on Mental Floss, Harmon had an interview, and this is uh, somewhat dated at this point. I'm sure that uh, there's been some updates. And that being said, if I'm behind the curve and you feel like you got to let me know what's going on in the Rick and Morty realm, please email us at csprpodcast at gmail.com. Hey. But Harmon had this to say in the interview. He says, I think it's safe to say without fear of being wrong that the gap between seasons three and four will be the longest and the last time that it's ever taken so long. It's ridiculous. I don't know how fast we can do it, <laughs> but I know it will never be this long again, end quote. So I guess that's reassuring. Um, but what if it takes as long and they just release it like three days before it would have been just as long to wait? I guess technically <laughs> he would still be right in this quote. So uh, I know that's not substantial and or necessarily exciting news. However, if the main guy of the show says this is going to happen and never have to wait again, I trust. And uh, Harmon one of my favorite uh, writers uh, for comedy, especially TV. He did the show Community, and uh, that was a cult following show. If you've never seen that before, this Rick and Morty, actually, if you didn't know, is one of Harmon's first attempts at cartoon-type writing. So he actually got a chance to start on something like this earlier on in his career and said no because he liked working with people and actors and stuff like that. Clearly... He felt differently once he met Roland, um, and I'm going to get into that in a second, but just finishing out, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry. Can I ask you something? Because I, I honestly don't know the answer to it. I have seen Community. I've probably seen more episodes of that than Rick and Morty. My question is, honestly, which one of those came first? Not not necessarily the release of it, but like which one was he involved with first? Did he go into Community and then he's like, oh, let's go back to Rick and Morty? Or did he go into Rick and Morty oh. and then go into Community? No, Community is uh, all, everything that got finished, because he actually got fired at the end of season three. They came back to season four without him. It was oh. shit. And then they came back and did another season five, which was okay, but they lost some of the main actors, like Chevy Chase. Right. And, uh, yeah. yeah. No, mm -hmm. well, that, so it's not from like a behind the scenes standpoint, but that actually reminds me of one of my favorite shows of all of the times, The American Office. It's not called The American Office, just called The Office, but The American Version. When you take Michael Scott, played by the legendary Steve Carell, when he leaves the show, that show goes to dog shit. I know. And they tried so hard to uphold it. They brought in people like Will Ferrell and mm -hmm. a couple other big time names. I think, you know, some more Saturday Night Live people. And uh, it just it just wasn't the same. I mean, that the show was 
Michael Scott, like, you know, and yes, all the other characters and their one-off stories, but like you watch the show to see Michael make you cringe pretty much. Like, right. So, so for I, a Dan Harmon fan great. like you, you could instantly notice when he left the show. Yeah. And I didn't know like when I was watching season four, cause again, there was a gap in between when that came out. Um, the show didn't even, it was like hanging on by a thread while it was being run. Um, you know, had enough viewers where they're like, okay, we'll do season two and season three. It didn't be, have like a cult following until like years later. Um, but that being said, when I first started watching season four, I realized that two of my favorite characters were gone. I was like, what is going on? Later come to find out. Yes, it was all because of Dan Harmon's magic, his comedic magic. You know what it was? I can tell you right now. He said in one of the various meetings with the heads of the studio, he said, hey, I didn't know Hulk Hogan was racist. And they go, oh, oh hold my beer. You're fucking fired. Right. Because I'm the only one that didn't know Hulk Hogan was racist. Jeez. And then on his way out, he screams, and Matt Damon would be a better Batman. And they're like, get the fuck out of here. Okay, that's enough reprise jokes from uh, today's episode. Moving on, uh, the only other thing that the article had mentioned about Rick and Morty Season 5 is there's a chance that the coronavirus situation, again, thanks COVID, could slow production of final episodes of Season 4. Oh, and it did. Um, if that's the case, then expect a fairly long gap before we see Season 5. Ew. Ew. So... That being said, we still don't know when season five is going to come out. Super disappointing, but, uh, you know, there is plenty of other good things to watch while we wait, y'all. And let's not get too upset about wait times. It just builds the anticipation. That being said, one of the things you can do or look into while you're waiting for season five to come out is check out the Adult Swim app. You can go on and watch some of the episodes uh, unless you, you know, pay and get a cable subscription. But for free, they do offer... Uh, currently, as far as I know, the last uh, five episodes that were released for season four. So if you haven't seen those yet, you can watch them on the Adult Swim app for Frizzle. Uh, that being said, once you wrap that up and you're like, now what do I do, Dan? Well, I would go into the special features or the extras and check out Samurai and Shogun Rick and Morty. This director and, and scriptwriter, Keachi Satu, took it upon himself to make this like really fun version of Samurai Rick with a little Japanese Morty in a foreign language and subtitles. And it's called Samurai and Shogun Rick and Morty. And it's on the Adult Swim YouTube page. So check it out. It's five minutes. It's really fun. A lot of blood, a lot of action. You know the show if you're a fan. You watch it. It's pretty gory. It's pretty gross. But this is just a nice, cool take from someone who wasn't on the original production team. Or I definitely did check it out, by the way. Can I give my very quick review of it? Because I absolutely clicked on that link. Okay, so my favorite part was there's a part where Samurai Rick or Morty, doesn't matter. This is all made up because I didn't check it out. But my favorite part is when there's a Samurai guy and he turns out to be like a custodian. Shout out to custodians, by the way. And he actually has to clean these college campus buildings. And there's one evening where he goes by a chalkboard and he sees a magical math problem on the chalkboard. And secretly, he solves it. Then, randomly, the custodian has to see Robin Williams, who's his therapist. 
those of you that out. are young, I just gave the plot to Goodwill Hunting, which guess what? Is the movie that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck got their fucking Oscars for. Clearly, Adam did not watch it. If, if you're like listening to this and already pulling it up muted, you're like, I don't see Matt Damon or <laughs> or Robin Williams in this at all. It's because Adam is full of shit. So, all right. I know we're getting to the end of this segment here, but real quick, wanted to go into something that Adam prompted during a meeting we had last week asking me about, hey, is there any like comparison or relation from Back to the Future and Rick and Morty? And I was like, ah, that is a good question. Me being a Rick and Morty fan should have had a better answer, but had no idea. That being said, Googled it and uh, pulled up the wiki page. And this is what I found. So this is all off of the Wikipedia page for Rick and Morty. Harmon took a liking to Roland's humor, and the two began collaborating. In 2006, Roland was fired from working on a television series he regarded as intensely creatively stifling and funneled his creative energies into creating a webisode for Channel 101. Real quick, Channel 101 was a film festival that they created so that people could submit shorts and potentially those could be picked up on networks. So... He went for it, and it resulted in something called The Real Animated Adventures of Doc and Marty. It was an animated short starring parodies of Doc Brown and Marty McFly, the characters from the Back to the Future film trilogy. In short, which Harmon would dub a quote-unquote bastardization, a pornographic vandalization, unquote, Doc Smith urges Marty that the solution to all of his problems is to give him oral sex. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right? Pretty intense. The audience reacted to it wildly, and Roland began creating more shorts involving the characters, which soon evolved beyond its original intentions and their obvious origin within the film from which it was called. Harmon would later create and produce Community, an NBC sitcom, while Roland would work primarily in voice acting for Disney's Fish Hooks and Cartoon Network's Adventure Time, which another really good show, uh, cartoon, if you've never seen it. Uh, in 2012, Harmon was briefly fired from Community. The reason why? I don't know. We'll have to research that further. Shout out to Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Adult Swim, searching for a more prime time hit show, approached Harmon shortly afterward, who initially viewed the channel as unfit for his style. He also was unfamiliar with animation, and his process for creating television focuses more heavily on dialogue, characters, and story. Instead, he phoned Roland to inquire if he had any ideas for an animated series. Roland immediately brought up the idea of using the Doc and Marty characters and renamed them Rick and Morty. And then the birth of Rick and Morty brings us to now and today, season four, waiting for season five. Pretty fucking crazy. Also, uh, turns out uh, I've been pronouncing Justin Roland's name incorrectly the entire time either that or he pronounces his own name incorrectly but apparently he goes by Royland and I can't read good so I miss the I completely mostly um so don't beat me up okay don't uh don't be slandering me in all the emails about my pronunciations okay I got it I missed a letter Royland and also mad love and mad respect to that guy because he's also creating the show that is my pick of the week, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, that brings me to the end of talking about Rick and Morty in this section of pages for today's episode number one. 
All right, folks, thanks for listening to the Pages segment. I just want to let you know, Dan will not be here for this week's Cages segment. That's because he's actually off to get calf implants. So please wish him the best of luck. We started a GoFundMe page, not really. But if you want to help him pay for his calf implants, just send all your money to the CSPR podcast. Thanks. I just really wanted calf hearts. Like They look like actual hearts. Right now it looks like, you know, kind of a half shaped it looks like a real heart like in your chest but i want it to look like a valentine's day heart so implants it is oh yeah well sorry i i also didn't say he's actually getting calf implants but put in his pecs though so he 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 wants calf shaped man boobs that's what he wants too much all right that was too much Welcome to the stages portion of the podcast where we talk about everything from stand up to live shows, but mostly stand up, uh, stand up comedians, their most recent specials, um, any drama that's happening in their personal lives that has made it to the public. We love talking about all that stuff. But today, as we mentioned on episode zero, we're going to be talking about um, Eric Andre and specifically the release of his most recent special on Netflix called Legalize Everything. Uh, If you haven't seen it, not going to spoil anything outside of the opening because I do love this new idea that stand-up specials have a scripted opening and or something to lead into them coming out on stage versus just getting into it like the old days on, uh, what was it called on uh, Comedy Central, Adam? Comedy Central Presents. Yes, and if you ever watched that show, it was like literally just the person coming out on stage. But if you were a big stand-up fan like Adam and I, you know that now you got to have a little something fun to lead into the show. And in this case, Eric Andre pretends to be a New Orleans cop and gets this 60-year-old woman to smoke a bong with him. Obviously, he gets naked. If you know anything about the guy, he gets naked a lot. Uh, and people are just baffled because they think he's a real cop because Eric Andre would say pretty famous, but probably in the C on his way to B list celebrity. So not like worldly nationwide or anything. You know, it's not like he's uh, The Rock or, you know. I love The Rock's stand up, Dan. You're right. I, I love his stand up specials so much. Point being, fuck Adam. <laughs> uh, secondly, not secondly, just also fuck Adam again. So I am impartial. My favorite stand-up special intros for sure sometimes go to dave Chappelle because he's a genius but also my favorites of all of the times go to sarah silverman but i will say eric andre's recent intro is one of the best intros to a stand-up special i have ever seen and it fits the theme for legalize everything he it literally opens on him slow motion opening a cop door beer bottles are falling out and he stumbles out of the car to try to get people to take drugs i think he throws what seems to be a bag of coke into somebody's window as they're driving (laughs) by it is that is the only spoiler actually no adam and i want to talk a little bit about the actual show itself because based off our last conversation we did think that there were some innovative uh moments within his show for stand-up in general the rotten tomatoes review for this And Adam and I also talked about this in bulk. I don't know how much we have time to get into it today, but uh, 40% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, okay? Don't reference or listen to that because it's definitely one of the better stand-ups I've seen in the last maybe two years. And that's saying a lot because I've watched a lot of really good ones or at least great stand-up comedians that 
you know, are like in my top 10 that I'm like, that was definitely by far not their best stuff. So I don't live and die by Rotten Tomatoes like some people do, but I do totally agree with Dan. Sometimes they get it right. I've seen some Dave Chappelle, who I consider to be one of the goats of comedy, for sure. He has some stand-up specials that have 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is absolutely justified. But then you get a special like this, where I wouldn't put it at a perfect 100, but definitely in like the low 90s, maybe high 80s for sure. And they have it at 40%. I said, who did these reviews? Fucking Hulk Hogan? Yeah. What? (sighs) Um, So I used to rely on Rotten Tomatoes for everything as far as like before I watched anything. And now, based on the talk I had with Adam, he brought some things to light as uh, the politics involved in that. And Adam, elaborate. Like, uh, you were telling me that, you know, there's people that can buy these types of critiques. Yeah, it's it's like, you know, when anything kind of starts off, it starts off authentic. But then just because humans are humans, it eventually gets into a place where you can buy followers on Instagram now. Guess what? You can also buy positive reviews. Of course, it's all speculative. But mm. just like the Academy Awards for movies, it used to be based on the highest quality artwork, right? It's the best actor, the best director. Now, it's like running for president. It's whoever has the most money to campaign to get votes for the Academy. For Rotten Tomatoes, when it first started, I feel like it was more authentic than it is now. Now, if you know that people depend on your Rotten Tomatoes score, if you don't play their game or you don't pay enough money, allegedly, then you don't get a high score. So I just don't like the fact that something that had good intentions has now once again, because humans are human, has been become corrupt. Yes. And that is sad. That being said, recently, I just look across all boards to give it a, my own average um, before I watch something. So you can check all of them, like Google Play, like the Google Review, um, IMDb. You know, there's a couple others and just get a good gauge or, you know, just throw caution to the wind and watch whatever, whenever and risk all the biscuits. I really, really liked the stand up, the format, the style in which he did it. I guess I don't really have anything negative to say. At first, I was a little off put by how much he was yelling and for the duration in which he would yell because some jokes he was yelling for like a minute straight, it felt like. And so it's a very catered type of comedy in that way, because yelling is great for comedy. It's all about timing, right? But when you overdo it a bit, it starts to become like, okay, yeah, I get it. It's, I feel like you're trying too hard. That being said, almost all of his jokes where he was like screaming at the top of his lungs were pretty hilarious. And also I was just very impressed by the way that he didn't lose his voice at all by the end of the show. just It sounded like he was a football coach yelling in a stadium full of thousands and thousands of people so his players could hear him. My brother's a football coach. He loses his voice almost every game. So <laughs> hats yeah. off to your great esophagus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, let's, uh, let's unpack this a little bit. Yeah, I 100% agree with you, Dan. Um, speaking of someone who yells all the time, though, if you go back to one of another one of the greats, Sam Kinison was known for his outbursts. He was known for his yelling and his his rants. Here's what happens with Eric Andre. I would urge you, if you're hearing about it for the first time now, which means you're probably going to go check it out, go into it with an open mind because I had to watch his special twice. First time I watched it, I was off put for the reason that you just alluded to, which is he's screaming all the time. Then I thought, 
wow, maybe this guy, I mean, it's not really well thought out. It's just a super crazy guy. He gets the crowd amped up, gets on stage. He gets a little crazy and I'm, I'm supposed to watch this. Then you rewatch it and you see what he's doing. He takes very intellectually advanced humor and he wraps it in vulgar shock value antics. And when you watch it and you receive it the right way, it is just enough to keep your brain on its toes because you're like, what is this guy going to do next? Is he going to do the tuck trick? Is, is he going to call my mom? Spoilers. Then mm-hmm. I don't want us to spoil any of the punchlines, but his joke about the series Cops oh. is phenomenal. But you have to receive the joke the right way to understand all the, the intellect that is embedded into his crazy antics. And that's all I'll say. Yeah, he's done this set before. It's not like he wrote down bullet points and went out there as I'm just going to say the jokes the way I thought. Like this was all very well, meticulously written out jokes and very intelligently done uh, as far as like, you know, set up to punchline. And I I do want to, without actually spoiling what was said uh, during one bit, he does get an audience's phone and FaceTimes his mom and then they put it on a big screen. Now Adam and I debated on whether or not it was planned and scripted or whatever, but even if it was, it was still super entertaining to watch and just very unique for a show like stand up. He had a lot more audience involvement other than just dealing with hecklers. So it was, it was pretty unique in that way. And I enjoyed it. Adam, did you have anything to add to uh, the set itself? My biggest takeaway from it is really, if I can think of one word to describe it, is just innovation. He's not the first guy to ever think I'm going to involve the crowd, but the methods in which he uses to involve the crowd were some, and it's like I said, I, I so want to ruin all the bits, but then it's not going to make it as funny for the people that watch it. But there's some bits that he does that I have never ever heard of or seen anybody do in terms of how they involve the crowd. One was the FaceTime thing you just talked about. But there have been some people that kind of get that participation. But yeah, there's other bits he does with the crowd that I've never seen anybody do. So it's not like he is trying to reshape how stand-up comedy is done. Mm. Just his own spin on it is something that I am absolutely captivated by. Yeah, and to be fair, like just because, you know, his style of delivery in comedy, it's, you know, it worked for him. This is not going to work for every comedian out there. So nobody could be stealing these original ideas. Ending up this bit on stages for the day. I just wanted to give a little uh, back filmography for Eric Andre, because if you haven't heard of him before and you don't know about the Eric Andre show, maybe you've seen that he was one of the uh, hyenas in the most recent Lion King, Aziz. Uh, He was also on a a show that I thought was amazing, only did two seasons for whatever reason get picked up for a third, but it's called Man Seeking Woman. It was on FX. That was a great show. Two Broke Girls. He was on Don't Trust the B in Apartment 23. He was on a couple episodes of Big Bang Theory. Curb Your Enthusiasm as well. Very small role. But those are some big time shows that he's been on an episode or two of. So pretty cool stuff. He also has an upcoming movie on Netflix called Bad Trip, which I'm very excited about. I am excited about that as well. There's something that just came out recently. If you want to check it out, he's new on this show, but this show has been running a couple of seasons on YouTube now. It's called Hot Ones. Brief overview. It's a interview show 
where the guest has to eat hot wings that get progressively hotter with every question the host has for them. Super interesting to watch. Huge big time celebrities are on it now and you can see them crying and or bitching about eating the hottest of hot sauce and uh, it's it's very entertaining. So check that out. But uh, Eric Andre was on the most recent episode too. Yeah, he has the uh, the newest one. Honestly, not as entertaining as the first time he was on the show, but I would highly recommend you actually watch the newest one first and then watch the one from a couple years ago when he was on it. That one is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. I forgot that he was on it twice. I did watch that first one where he was on it. Pretty ridiculous. (laughs) Dude, actually though, really, and you'll really appreciate this, which I wish we could talk more about it, but we'll have to keep it to next time. But my favorite Hot Ones episode of all of the times is with your boy, Shia LaBeouf. Oh, yeah, that was a really good one. And I didn't know what to expect, but like it made Shia LaBeouf seem so cool. Yeah, no, that's that's why I loved it, which next time I promise you folks, there is a new trailer from our boy Shia that might be my most anticipated movie. I don't know, ever? I don't know about ever, but definitely top three. And we're getting into the self-bettering portion of the podcast. Ah. And today we're going to talk a little bit about dudyism. Dudyism? That doesn't sound like a real thing. Uh, actually, it is. It's a legit, legit religion that which if you go onto their website, dudyism.com, you can become a dudist priest and be able to ordain weddings, which I am doing in the next coming months with my friends. So... You're like, okay, huge joke, right? Nope, totally legit. I looked into it. Uh, what if the state says dudyism on all the marriage documents? Like, that's not a real thing. We have to verify this and or this is not a legal marriage license. All they have to do is call the people that got married and say, did you really approve this dude as priest guy to marry guys? And all they have to say is, yeah, yeah, we did. So uh, make us married now, please. That's that's it. Like it's all on the people who decide to use a dudist priest to marry them. Yeah, dude. Okay, so I got to be honest. When Dan first mentioned this, of course, whenever I say the word dude or think of the word dude, it's from The Dude, from one of the greatest movies of all time, The Big Fucking Lebowski. So when Dan brings this up, yes. I thought it's just yet another bit that he's doing. Like maybe it's something that is a funny idea. This can't be real. Because I was like, how, I mean, yes, like the dude is one of the best written characters of all time, but did they actually base some sort of religion on this following? Then I even did look into it, folks. I can verify also, because you might think, well, Dan's biased because he's the one that is going to say it's real because he's the dudist priest. Guess what? That's a real thing. It's a real thing. And if Adam cared enough, he could take the three minutes to uh, go online, I think it's literally first real name, your last real name, and your email address, and they will send you a certificate of ordination, which this document hereby affirms that Dan, my last name, has been ordained by the Church of the Latter-day Dude. That's right. It's a legit-looking document. It's total bullshit, but if you just wanted something to frame in your blank-ass apartment, it takes three minutes to do this. So... (laughs) Go ahead, do it. Send it to Kinko's. Pick up a nice gloss copy and uh, frame that shit. Put it on your fridge. 
Also, yeah, Dan, so before, because like I said, this is probably the most fascinating thing I've ever heard. Um, if I was an idiot and I have not seen the Big Lebowski or don't know what the word dude means, if I just asked you, Dan, how would you describe dudeism to me? In one sentence, what would you tell me? Well, I would take that sentence directly off of the uh, website and it'd be like, just take it easy, mankind. Get it? Uh, Dudaism, an ancient philosophy that preaches non-preachiness, practices as little as possible, and above all else, uh, lost my train of thought there. Literally, quote unquote, from the website. Uh, to, <laughs> elab- <laughs> to elaborate, Dudaism um, was an original form, or is an original form of uh, Chinese Taoism. The originator of Taoism, Lao Tzu, basically said, "Mellow out, man." The idea is life is short, complicated, and nobody knows what to do about it. So don't do anything about it. Just take it easy, man. Stop worrying so much whether you'll make it to the finals. Kick back with some friends and some oat soda. And whether you roll strikes or gutters, do your best to be true to yourself and others. That is to say, abide. Abide by the dude. Ah. All right, Dan. Well, look, we could talk about dudeism all day, but... I don't think the listeners should have to do that. So what I will say is, why don't you go watch Big Lebowski, make yourself a white Russian, which is a drink that is in the movie all of the times. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. why don't you get online real quick and make yourself a dudist priest? It's going to be super fun and cool. And if you haven't seen the Big Lebowski and think we're chucking it up too much, um, no, hugely accredited Coen brothers were the makers of this film, right? And if you don't know who they are, they made Fargo, No Country for Old Men, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou?, just check it out, all right? Those were just three of some of their greatest movies, and I know you've seen one of them. And if you enjoyed it, you'll also enjoy The Big Lebowski. Absolutely. Thank you. This has been Self-Bettering. The following advertisement is not real. It is for a fake product from a fake company. Enjoy. Yeah, have you ever had mosquitoes that bite you? Doesn't that suck? I know, right? Mosquito repellent fuck up your skin and make you smell real bad. Stupid ass candles and oil wigs just don't cut it. Try mosquito flamethrowers. Help wipe out the species one flame at a time. This is mosquito destroying flamethrowers. Don't actually exist. Get a real flamethrower and just destroy all of the mosquitoes that you can. Brought to you by this podcast. Dan, before we move on to rages, we got to go over our picks of the week. So, Dan, what is your pick of the week slash recommendation for this week? Just real quick without saying too much about it, uh, Justin Roiland has a show called Solar Opposites. Uh, It's in the same kind of illustrations that Rick and Morty uses. So, I know he's working with a lot of the same artists, um, and it is involve space and a lot of the other types of themes that Rick and Morty has. However, it's way more just dumb slapstick comedy funny. And it's, it is really, really good. Uh, that being said, not uh, better than Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty's got that depth, you know, uh, that I really like, but it, I watched like the whole season, which I believe is eight episodes and you can watch it on Hulu because it is a Hulu original. Uh, I think I watched it in like three days cause I was just back to back. It was super funny. Awesome, Dan. I'll be sure to never check that out. Just kidding. I'm, I'm totally going to check it out. Um, so, folks, here's what I was thinking. Originally, I was going to give my pick of the week, which I still stand behind. It is the show Totally Bingeable, also John 
fucking Krasinski, who I always knew as Jim from The Office, is a badass. It's called Jack Ryan, and it's on Amazon Prime. It's based off of the book titles written by Tom Clancy of the same name. The first season is phenomenal. The second season, they go big or go home. And honestly, I wish they would have gone home. But it's it's absolutely bingeable. While I was thinking about this, though, Dan, I'm going to take this opportunity to introduce what I will be doing in the future for my recommendations. Folks, if you're out there and you have time like Dan does, and you have also very good taste in entertainment, you should continue to not only follow his picks of the week, but maybe make your own picks of the week and send them on over to us. For me, I simply don't have the time to go through all of the many streaming options for 19 hours to finally pick something to watch. So here's what I'm going to do for you. Every week, my pick of the week is going to be something that maybe I'll love, maybe I'll hate. I'm going to log into my Netflix account. And as you know, they always have the top rated streaming shows slash movies, just content on Netflix. They always do the top 10. Every week, I'm going to go in at a random time and I will mandate, require myself to watch the number one rated piece of content on Netflix. Now, no matter what it is, whatever it is, even if it's my little pony shit, it's number one that week. Adam's got to watch it. Okay. Yeah. I will be knee deep in my little pony shit if I got to be. Okay. I will Mm, always watch. (laughs) That's an, yeah, that's also the name of our first rap album, knee deep in my little pony shit. Um, but we, I am going to watch the Netflix number ones every week. And I got to say, I'm excited about this week because they have that old guard movie with a Charlize Theron that I can't wait to watch. So for you, I will be instituting next week, the newest segment in the picks of the week called Netflix number one. <laughs> Folks, we get to that point in the show. Thank goodness this time I have not been interrupted by any sort of landscaping. But doesn't mean I still don't have a boiling point. So, Dan, I feel like our boiling points this week, they have to do with traveling, okay? Maybe your traveling distance was longer than mine. But for me, my traveling has to do with just walking around in your own town. It should be safe. should be clean. But guess what happens sometimes? Have you ever had a day where you're walking and all of a sudden you notice that one of your shoes is excessively sticking to the fucking ground? So you do the thing that we always do where instead of actually bracing yourself or sitting down or going to a place that makes sense right there in that moment, you do the hunchback sort of one-legged crouch over. You look at the bottom of your shoe and you notice, oh, here's a nice Bright pink piece of already chewed gum. Now, you still don't know where I live, but I can tell you where I live, it's not one of those cold places. It's about, I don't know, 4,000 degrees. So the gum is now starting to melt into the crevices of my shoe. So I say, oh, blood's a boiling. Why can't you throw this gum away? But I say, okay, I'm going to clean this off later. Then, within a matter of, I don't know, 10 more steps, what's that smell? It's, uh, it's starting to stink a little bit. So then I take my gum shoe, stick that to the ground, because guess what? It's going to stick anyway. <laughs> Do the hunchback crouch, look at my other shoe, 
And oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. So you're telling me that I stepped in gum and, and now another asshole, maybe the same asshole, left dog shit in the sidewalk. Oh! Guess what? You have grass and lawn and anything on both sides. But this one little square that I guess keeps going straight <laughs> and, and, and backwards, whatever. I don't give a fuck how you walk. But this is the area where gum and dog shit do not belong. So this is not only one of my boiling points. It's a true fucking story. One day last week, in a matter of about 15 steps, I stepped in already chewed gum and dog shit. And did those people have to pay for it? <laughs> no. Your boy had to come home and clean off both of his shoes. So for people out there who spit out their chewed gum and don't clean up their dog shit, you're the reason why this whole week my blood's a boiling. Nah. I'd like to really believe that it was the same person who spit the gum out and then let their dog shit on the sidewalk because that just is hilarious to me. But not just because it just happened by chance, but they strategically were like, well, if I spit the gum here, somebody will, their left shoe will land on the gum. Bloods <laughs> are boiling. And they'll be thinking about that and distracted and not see that on their right shoe, they're about to step in to this dog shit. And maybe they even went as far as to being like, the height of this person is Adam's height. <laughs> their width step on average would be about yay long. This is where I will place the shit. <laughs> well, if that is true, hats off to that guy or yeah. girl. Very impressive, but also blood's a boiling. Yeah, that totally couldn't agree more. Glad it isn't me. <laughs> What's your boiling point? Well, my boiling point this week, we're going to talk about COVID 19. Boo! Makes sense, though, because it's relevant every day, right? However, when you got to go take a test, and not because you're feeling sicky, but uh, in where I am, uh, they started offering free tests to anyone, regardless of symptoms. I don't know if that is nationwide now, but in my state, we're making it happen, right? So I did go once to um, get checked a couple of days before I went to go see my nephew for the first time. He's a COVID baby. Um, and by that, I don't mean that he has COVID. However, <laughs> he was born during COVID times. So I'm coining the phrase COVID, baby, uh, unless, of course, it's probably already been coined. I want money for that. Every time I say COVID, baby, 10 cents goes into my penny jar. We're also making T-shirts for sure. <laughs> um, but when you go and get a free test, not only is it very uncomfortable because they give you this Q-tip looking thing, except for not soft cotton on the end, hard like bristles that tear the roof of your nostrils and... Some have been known to bleed. Oh! Not only that, but you're supposed to really stick it up there. I've heard people that have had it done to them. Luckily, when I went, they just gave me the instructions and I was able to do it myself. Still super uncomfortable and I had to leave it up in my nose for 10 seconds. It feels like taking a very tiny pine cone and shoving it up your nasal system. Oh! Not comfortable. Not only that, but then they're like, okay, we'll get back to you in one to three days. The other day I went, though, and they were a little backlogged. They said, we'll get back to you in seven 
to 13 days. And I said, hold on a second. Uh, if I have it, I'm supposed to quarantine for 14 days, but I won't know for almost 14 days. <laughs> okay. So if you do it's have it, that's more than enough time to infect, I don't know, half of your entire town, maybe more in 14 uh, yeah. days, dude. Which is why you could understand that my blood is totally a boiling. <gasps> boiling. Dude, okay, so what if you're like, okay, so the turnaround time is 14 days, so just to be safe, I'm going to quarantine. Then you get your results and no COVID-19? Oh, blood's boiling. <gasps> right? That's what I'm saying. So I was like, what's the point? Just quarantine for 14 days. Fuck putting bristles and pine cones up your nose. Just quarantine. Thanks, COVID. Thanks, COVID. You're the best. Blood's a boiling. <gasps> All these things get our blood a boiling. All right, folks. Once again, you survived and made it to the end of yet another CSPR episode. This is episode one. Thank you so much for listening. Just a couple of quick things. We usually have the listener mailbag, which is where we go through our Gmail account and we answer your question. If you have anything you want to send to us, maybe it's a comment, maybe it's feedback, maybe it's questions, they are all welcome at cspodcast at gmail.com. And you can also find us on your various podcast feeds like Spotify, iTunes, and also Google Play. Dan, thank you so much for meeting up with me again. Always love talking to you and we're fucking doing it, dude. Yeah, dude, this has been a huge waste of my time. So <laughs> thank you for once again taking away hours of my life. Uh, no, I am super grateful for any listeners up in here. I am looking forward to anybody who has anything to send to our listener mailbag because we're happy to read it aloud uh, on the show. So even if you were taking a big old cup of haterade down and slandering us completely, we're happy to read it out loud for the world to hear. We want to share the love. So again, listen to us on all those various platforms that Adam mentioned. Please give us the best of the ratings, this, that, and the other. You know, you've heard it before. All right, man. Much love to you. Much love to the listeners. We love all of you. We love each other. Let's love each other more. Let's love each other. Each other's brothers and each other's mother's <laughs> brothers. <laughs> no, Everybody. This is great. Stay safe. All right. Love you, dude. And love, brother. Talk to you. Bye. Bye.